This is where we uncover the simple traditions that successful business owners are doing every day to build a successful home life while still taking the lead in their business. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I am your host, Wanda Howard, and today we have a super exciting topic, something I feel passionate about. We have with us here Drew Durrani. He is redefining what it means to man up and how to actually help men have the help that they want, not just the mental and the emotional, but over their whole life and truly succeed in every area of their life. So I'm really excited. We need more people like Drew who are focusing on the amazing men, dads, fathers, brothers in our lives. So this is going to be a great conversation. Welcome, Drew. Tell everybody about what you do and why you help people. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Juan. I'm very, very excited. Um, well, first and foremost, I'm a parent of three children who I love dearly. And um, I, I do what I do because I found out in life I've lost myself. I, I know who I am and I wasn't being myself. And uh, you only realize that at age 53, I realize. I wish I realized it sooner. Um, I have uh, chosen to my entire path, uh, professional and personally, is to help men overcome adversity. And adversity can be defined in many different ways. It's all relative. So, you know, one person's adversity is one person's regular day. I want whatever people define as adversity, I want to be able to help them because uh, it's it's very important to admit when you need help. Oh, I love that. So what what is the cornerstone that really led you on this path of realizing that men, when they need help, they need help and there needs to be a space for that? but also the passion within you to help them do it. Yeah, I think it, it, it really stems from, you know, I, in, in a lot of research I've been doing, and when I learned that greater than 50% of our belief system is formed by the age of seven, shock, shocked me. And it sh maybe it shouldn't have, because who are we hanging around when we're seven years old? Our mom, our dad, our parents, families, relatives, whatever circle we're in, we're not in organized school yet. So in essence, if that happens to every human being, then our parent, we're learning from our parents from what they learned when they were seven, plus their accumulation of years in their life, right? And you take that back generations, we're basically living other people's belief system, right? Yeah. It's not our own yet, and we're seven. You get to age 18, 90% of our belief systems formed, 90%. And 18, we haven't even lived the world. We haven't even, you know, we probably just finished high school. So that, that and, and you know what, what I said is that that's both genders, male and female. So there you go. Now, a second piece of, of data which really fascinated me is that the prefrontal cortex, which is the, the part of the brain that you make decisions and judgment for women that matures around age 18. Hey, women are in alignment, that belief system and that maturity. Men, prefrontal cortex doesn't mature until we're 25 to 27 years old. So women have a seven to nine year head start on men and men are designed to make poor decisions at such a young age. And and I realize that in with me, my entire life, the pit in my stomach when I had to do something because of a subconscious belief that I learned over time versus knowing who I really was and a different decision I wanted to make, that they were hitting each other. And I often elected to be the people pleaser and I went with what my belief system was supposed to be versus what it was. So so that throughout the years 
when I got married and, you know, married for close to 15, 15 years on paper, 18 years, uh, you know, whatever, uh, three kids, all that stuff. And my wife wanted a divorce back in 2015. So that was kind of like the start of it. That rocked my world. Um, you know, when you're in the moment, you think your marriage is perfect and there's no changes and you don't really look inward and, you know, and then I had a culmination of about five other things happened to me from the time the divorce was final in 2018 to job loss, to my child having mental health issues, to my dad passing away unexpectedly. All of that completely rocked my world. And it came to a point where I was like, either I'm going to be who I am or I'm going to live the rest of my life with a pit in my stomach. I elected to be who I was. So, you know, I started to think that, yes, I care what other people think, but no, I don't care what other people think, <laughs> right? Um, as long as, and I've always lived this way, that I always do the right thing when no one's watching. It's all about integrity, right? Yeah. So if I continue to do that and be myself, then if somebody is against what I'm doing, then that's good. That's the toxic relationship I need to, need to remove from my life. That's how all this happened, Wanda. And, you know, when you when you have that epiphany, in order to have a, a paradigm shift, you have to be willing and you have to be able. And they have to happen at the same time. And my whole life, I either had one or the other. And now I finally have both. Wow. And I really like, though, with this idea of loss like divorce death all of these life changes it feels like it's the very end but instead of taking it to make it the end when when something like that can be so debilitating so depressing what did you do to change the tra trajectory of your own life to make it what it is today yeah no that's that's an awesome question uh, and thanks for asking that um i often think about that now and i was asked about it when you know every time I tell my story. And well, first thing I did is I look at the face of my three kids. And knowing what I know about this seven years old, 18 years old belief system, they're also watching how their dad is going to react to this. How is dad going to handle this? Right? Because they have nothing to compare it to. I've had loss in my life, right? If I laid down and gave up, I, it's an, it would be doing an injustice to my three children. I'm trying to help raise a wonderful young lady and my daughter and two wonderful gentlemen and my boys. I couldn't do that. That was number one. Number two, I did it for myself because I was sick of playing the victim. Victim mentality. I would look out the mirror and judge, out the window and judge rather than look in the mirror and introspect. And then I looked at my mother. She was with my dad for 50 some odd years. She just lost the love of her life. Yes, I don't have the love of my life, so I can't compare that. But I saw how they were with each other. I need to be there for her. So I really, all of that, I turned it into, again, doing the right thing, right? To me, that was the right thing. And uh, that was the difference. And, uh, and you know, I, I still have wounds that haven't healed, and I'm going through it. But, and, and same with my kids. But uh, that's, that's how I had to, I had to do it. And I wanted to do it more. I wanted than I had to. Uh, and I think so many people can relate to that. And that is such a powerful technique when we tap into the faces of our children, the like mm -hmm. reality that they are forming their world based on watching us, how we're going to react, not our circumstances, 
but how are we going to react to our circumstances? Right. So the, the question that keeps coming up in my mind, though, is you talked about how you've, you felt blindsided by the divorce coming up, by all these things happening. So what was it that kind of awoken your own sense of your own inner work that needed to be done, your mm-hmm. own like conscious effort to improve your own personal life? Yeah, um, I, I have a very quick story that I'll kind of exemplify. Um, I'm a huge New York Jets football fan. So before I got married, you know, if the game was on at 1 o'clock on a Sunday or 4 o'clock on a Sunday, that's where I would be. And my friends knew it. Everybody I knew knew it. Oh. Met my wife. Um, she knew I liked football and I was a diehard fan. But I was the type of person where people pleaser that if she says, Hey, I'd love to go hiking or pumpkin picking or something on Sunday. Instead of saying, "Oh, I'd love, I'd love to do that," absolutely. Um, this may sound weird, but I want to watch the Jet game. It's at one o'clock. Can we do something at a different time? She would have said, "Fine." Instead, what do I? I want to impress her, be the guy. Who, uh, sure, anytime you want. I'd, I'd love to. And she'd pick a time, and it might be exactly the time of the game. And instead of saying, no, well, I, oh, sure, that's fine. And then I'm in a mood. <laughs> and I go, we go out. And she's like, everything right? Yeah, everything's fine. That's the key. When men keep saying everything's fine, that is your sign. It, it turned out that I realized later, later, later on, that's the blindsided part. But she also was an avoider. Her, her communication style was more avoiding she wasn't comfortable with conflict type of stuff. So it was easier to avoid. I would avoid. And then we'd let it dissipate, blow over. But then when a similar thing would come up, we would both behave the same exact way, thinking that, okay, it's fine. But I think it got to her more than it got to me. And and I'm also the type of person, and I think a lot of men are too, you got to tell us straight how you see it. Don't just say, if you do that, I'm going to divorce you. That's what you want to hear because that's that makes us pay attention. Instead of saying, if you keep doing that, I can't live with that, like that. To me, that's a cliche. You know, people say, oh, I can't live with that, meaning oh, it's, you're a pain, you know. Um, that's kind of what happened with us. And I didn't, I didn't pick up on her needs. And I also didn't think of what can I do differently. You know, life doesn't have to be a compromise. Yeah, it can be collaboration. Right? Uh, so good. Yes. So if I collaborated with her and said, "I want to go pumpkin picking," the Jets game's at one. It's going to be light out till eight o'clock. Can we do something from four on, or maybe eight a.m. to or nine a.m. to whatever? That's collaboration. It's no mm-hmm. compromise. I get to watch my game. She gets to go out. We get to be together, right? So it's it's all about balancing the individual. With the couple, you still can be. I lost myself in the marriage. We both did. We both thought it had to be all just us. Yeah. And when that starts to break down, you ask me now what makes me happy, Wanda. I just say my kids. How do I like to have fun? Hang out with my kids. You can lose your individuality. All of that came to light too late for the marriage, but not too late for my life. Yeah. And I love, I love that you pointed that out too, that maybe too late for that marriage, but not too late for life. I think 
especially when we're going through heartbreaking situations like that. We want to fix it. We want to save it. We want to make things right. And sometimes the right thing to do is, is just to focus on you and healing yourself and move forward. And if moving forward brings you together instead of going through with the divorce, that's great. Yeah. But the focus needs to be inward healing first, I feel like, Absolutely. is what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, one of the interesting things, though, when, when men think about taking care of themselves first, the, the their initial thought, because society says that's being selfish. Yeah. So if you are a person who might not be confident in yourself, self-love, self-confident, maybe shaky, and you start thinking about that, it'd be self-care and, uh, no, I can't do that. It's, that's that's so selfish. I want to be selfless. Mm -hmm. That can also be the martyr syndrome people have too. <laughs> no, I, I got to be able to give. You're right. You can be self-confident, have self-love, self-trust. You can be empathic and you can be strong all at the same time. And yeah, and I'm more like that now because um, if I am not strong and, 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 and do good by my, to myself, how am I going to do that for my kids? You know, and, and I'm one who usually gives advice and doesn't take my own advice. I worked in the hospital healthcare industry for years telling the nurses, you guys don't take care of yourselves. You've got, how are you going to take care of your patients if you don't take care of yourself? Right? It was true. Well, I couldn't think, but it's selfless care is what people do instead of what they think is selfish care. No care is selfish, yeah, whether it's for I, yourself or for somebody else. And I, it took me a long time to realize that. I love that. It, and it's so true that no care is selfish. That's such a good phrase because I think so often we put ourselves of it's only caring if we do it to another person. And we yeah. forget about the person we're living with every single day, all the yep. time, which is your own self. So yes, Absolutely. take care of yourself. And yeah. you also said that word um, compromise instead of compromising to, um, oh, what was that word? It's escaping me now. Collaborate. Collaboration Collaborate. there. That's so much better because it that really is. It needs to be about how can we do what we both want and that and and position it in a way that is fulfilling yeah. to both of us, not how can you give up what part of what you want so yeah. I can get what part of I want. That's yeah. so good. Yeah, I think words matter. I mean, compromise has a has somebody loses in a compromise. You both lose. That's what that is. Yeah. Um, but even things like um, if I get up early in the morning to exercise or to meditate, quite often I'll say, oh, I have to get up. Well, take out have because that's like a stress-induced type word. And say, I get to. It's Mel, Mel Ra, I read Mel Robbins stuff. And she talks about, talk about, I get to wake up early so I can start my day with a clear head and have the entire day to be productive. Or I get to meditate so I can really be in the moment. Or I get to do this. Or I want to do this. I've always started with, I have to. Yeah. And when you start with, I have to, you're telling yourself, that you're being forced to do it. How can that be a good thing? Yes. And then you're the same person who could choose not to do it. And odds are you're not going to do it if you think it's a chore. Right? Yep. So, yeah, um, everything starts up here. And we all have that voice in our head. It's time for us to start talking up that voice. And, and you know, and it's, it's been hard for me. 
Oh, well, thank you so much, though, for being vulnerable enough, because I think that is such a huge skill that mm -hmm. so many people can benefit from. And it's so simple. So the other question I have now is mm -hmm. how then, like, what was it like as you were going through these life changes, the divorce, the things were not working out the way that you saw life going, and then coming from um, parents who had a long marriage, mm -hmm. like, what was yeah. that like? to have that kind of a foundation and have things work out the way they did? Uh, it, it was, it's, it was difficult when it was happening. Um, I'm much better with it now. I, I think that part of the reason why um, I didn't behave differently, do things differently, be myself is because I was afraid she'd leave. Yeah. Which was me. That was all me. Um, she ended up leaving anyway. So, you know, what's the worst that can happen when you tell somebody how you feel? They can, I mean, all I ask for, and if you're in a good, solid, healthy relationship, people appreciate other people's opinions, feelings, beliefs. Don't have to agree with them all the time, but at least understand them, respect them and all that. And I'm sure she would have, you know, um, and, and vice versa. because So... The thing is, my parents, they would always communicate well. Now, there were sometimes little things that if my dad didn't want to do something, he would suck it up and do it. And there were things that she, my mom would do that she wouldn't do. But you know what? It was that mutual collaboration that, that you, I'll, I'll go somewhere I don't want to go because I know it's important to you. You'll do something for me because you know it's important for me. And the, and the, the key is they weren't like taking notes like me one nothing you know you to i think a lot of couples who are not are unsure of, of themselves and their relationship they do they keep score yeah. and and that and and some will keep score and not tell the other they're keeping score and then months years later all of a sudden the scorebook comes out and say remember the time when like, how the heck do you remember that i thought we resolved that you know so yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it it bothers. I mean, I obviously I wish I was a, but you know, but you know what? If 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 we had stayed together for the sake of staying together, not healthy, not healthy. You know, yeah. um, things just don't work out sometimes, and you got to acknowledge it. Got to learn from mistakes, and you got to move move on. And I I've learned a lot now what I don't want in somebody. If I was to date somebody again and sometimes it's more important to know what you don't like or don't want and rather than what you do yeah because yeah. if you search for what you do like then you look at the things you don't and you kind of sweep them under the carpet and say oh you know what that's a passing thing that won't matter she does this i love this you know yeah. um because sometimes it's what people the things you don't like are usually what's part of the trait of that person and what you do like in them could be just a phase because they're trying to impress you, you know? So that totally changed my mindset with that. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things I'm hearing you say is with your parents, um, the way that they communicated, the life that you were raised in and watching that, they had figured out this way that worked for them. Mm -hmm. and, and as you grew up, you just figured that that's how it works. Yeah. And the key piece that you discovered was realizing it only works if you collaborate with mm -hmm. your partner. 
if you actually figure out your own way of doing it. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and, it, and it really starts early, early on, even in the dating or the courting part. If you're honest with each other, I know, and now sometimes I tend to be too honest too early and they're like, <laughs> for the hills. That's okay, though. Because that means they're not what it's not meant to be. But yeah, early as early on as as you can, just be honest with each other. Um, it's similar to with our with our health, right? They say the earlier you catch something, or the earlier you check, the better prognosis there is. It's true like that in any kind of con any kind of relationship, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so that that would definitely that's my my suggestion to myself, and I am going to listen to my own advice on on, on that. So. <laughs> that's awesome so the thing that i'm wondering is how did you it it's got to be tricky as a single parent to be able to feel like you can pass on better traditions to your kids and in marriage and relationships and so mm. what have you been doing to help ensure that they have those tools those tactics to mm. build a better life that's a good question i mean i certainly miss having dinner together because yeah. when I was married and my wife and three kids, we all it was we always have dinner together. Miss the heck out of it. They're all over the place. I can't I just can't do it all. Um I think the most important thing I did is I could have got so angry at her and turned the kids against her, which a lot of fathers have done to the mothers and vice versa. I, I know so many people where the kids won't talk to one of the one of their parents because they were turned I remember um one of my kids not want saying she was dead to them mm -hmm. and it was in the heat of all, all the emotions and i said look that that's a right now feeling you have it's going to be best for you to have a mother and a father i want you to i acknowledge what you're saying right now and you have every right to feel that way just keep an open mind at some point open up the door just don't even if you have to close the door don't throw away the key keep it you know and and now he he and she are close again again um i think that was probably the most important thing because there are things now like with college ser searching or anything or birth if birthdays kids want to do their birthday dinner with mom and dad so yeah. my ex-wife and i will do that we've 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 learned to we co-parent very well together and if there's if nothing else if you're divorced but and you have kids you got it. It goes back. It goes at this point. The selfless piece. The selfless piece is to um, go have dinner with your ex and your kids because that's going to help the kids grow and uh, probably reduce the odds that they'll enter into a relationship that's destined to divorce. Yeah. yeah. I really, really like that because it brings the focus back to good relationships in of themselves produce mm -hmm. good relationships. Absolutely. So it, even even if things feel broken, you can move forward in a different kind of way in healing and good. Absolutely. And they will have those skill sets. So that's so good. So what is the the biggest piece right now that you would say to encourage other dads who are going through um maybe it's the beginning of divorces in the air or the, the conversation, or maybe they just got through it like You've been through those pains. What would you say to those men that need help to find themselves again, to find yeah. healing? Uh, again, very good question. And and I don't know if I have the answer. <laughs> um, I, I could tell you what I 
would would probably do now because everything I'm doing now is really the Drew of 2022 educating the Drew of 2015 or a couple years before. And <clears throat> it would be if you're thinking something, allow your filter to process it in a way when it comes out of your mouth, it's it's done in a way where it's going to be received well and you can work through it. Um, quite often I'd have that thought and then you start thinking, well, if I say this, she might respond this way. But all these assumptions, right? And then so what finally comes out of the mouth is something so sugar-coated, so nicely packaged, without emotion, without feeling, and it just comes out as words that don't have the same meaning that they had when they were up here. And you got to be true to yourself and, and see where it takes you. But to leave it up here and not let it come out of here is probably the un most unhealthy thing you can do. Well, I really like that imagery, too, of like the sugar coating packages. I think it it can be done in that way. And also, um, as we talked about, that selfish that when we have this thought coming in our mind, like we don't want to say it out loud because we're not a bad person. We don't want to be perceived as a bad person. So because we're frustrated then it's something even worse ends up coming out of our mouth, but not the actual thing that That's we need a to good address. point. That's a good point. See, I'm an overthinker. So I will overthink things so nothing bad comes out. It's just not. There are some people who um, who, don't, who don't have impulse control. Yeah. So and, and no filter. So it's thought, mouth, and try to pick up the pieces. And it's impossible to take back what you say. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, so there needs to be that balance up there. It's almost like, you know, we have that part of our brain with it, which is instinctual. It's the fear, the fight, fight or flight, right? Yeah. I like to say that, that, that free, put freeze in there. Fight, freeze, flight. The freeze is really a different part of our brain that tells us, hit your pause button. Mm -hmm. You know? And if we all had that pause button in between our thoughts and our mouth, we'd be be beneficial but the pause button can't be pressed too long because then you overthink like <laughs> i do <Yeah. laughs> it's crazy how much that it needs to not be so much about political correctness how is it going to sound but right. focusing on okay this is what's going on in my head this is my own thoughts this is what i'm thinking and yeah. just saying it outright yeah. instead of overthinking it like you're saying so yeah and i think what the world needs right now wanda is authenticity yeah but plain and simple authenticity yeah. and, and one of the things too that i'm experiencing just with our conversation and is that you have shown that when you have an inner thought an inner belief an inner worry that's not coming from anywhere else than yourself so if you're feeling like, oh, they hate me, like, no, that's that's your inner world that's saying that. And so that's really helpful. I think so many yeah. people need that right now. It's so true. Yeah. So what um, what do you do right now that people can get involved in your world? You can probably hear my kids are uh, <laughs> that had it for today. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I'd love to meet them someday. Oh, they're awesome. Uh-huh. They are so patient with this. I love, I that love the interaction I get with them. But what would you do for um, dads who want to come into your world? How can they yeah. connect with you? What's the best way to get in touch? Absolutely. With you? Well, on, on September 15th at 3 p.m., we're launching our, our first uh, Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe. Oh. We're, we're curating a community of men who may be saying i'm fine and they don't they they're thinking about asking for help and it can be anybody whether you've gone through tragedy or not whether you're going through it now or have done it it's really a place where um, men can enter into a no judgment zone and it's going to be a mastermind format i'm just going to throw out a question and i i handpick seven men across the country who I've been networking with on and off for different periods of time, who have gone through tremendous adversity in their lives, have turned out to be better people for it. And in turn, professionally, they now help men build a better life. And I asked all seven of them, would they be my honorary members to build this up? And they all said yes. So they will be at every mastermind. So I'm in essence opening up my network to men and also seven other men's networks. We all have different strengths. So hopefully whatever need comes out in this mastermind, this collaboration tribe, we will have somebody who can help address it. Um, so that that we're gonna be sending out the marketing material for that in about a little less than a week. Um, it'll be uh, on Zoom. It'll be by invitation only. Uh, and um, we're hoping to really build this. I want to build it global because men are men, no matter where you live, whatever country, religion, race, we're all men. <laughs> yeah, we're human. We're human. So um, that would be the start. Uh, I am going to have a podcast released that um, that'll be called from, from caving in to crushing it. Men know your worth, stand your ground. Oh, cool. um, yeah, so we'll be developing that and we'll have a bunch of other uh, benefits for members of the collaboration tribe, which there'll be all the work in progress. When we hear a need, I'm going to develop something. So, Oh, that's awesome. Such a needed niche right now, because I feel like so often we see this is a mom group and we're supporting moms and come here, all you moms. And I love them. I love all the women I get to work with too, but I felt like our men need more. We need more for our men in our lives. So thank you so much, Drew. Thank you everybody else for coming today and we will see you all next time. I'm so glad that you were able to be here and discover more with us of what it means to be a successful parent. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rate interview so that we can reach more amazing parents who are looking for ways to truly succeed with their kids too. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at WandaHoward.Live. If you're like, holy cow, this was amazing, but I have so many more questions, then send me a DM with your biggest takeaways and all of your questions. I'll be sure to take care of you. Have an amazing day and I will see you in our next episode.